Well, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 17. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Acts chapter 17. And let's look at verse 16. Now, you know, if you go back and read the previous scriptures, it's talking about how Paul had been traveling and he had been ministering. And, uh, but the Jews, everywhere he went, they were stirring up problems. You know, church people can be the biggest hindrance to the gospel more so than the world. Because when we don't want to do something or change something in our life, we make it a problem for everybody around us. Instead of you just missing it yourself, you know. It's, it's something to that saying that said misery loves company. And, you know, you're not happy unless somebody else is miserable along with you. Now, that's kind of crazy, but that's just the way it is. So they began to create problems for Apostle Paul everywhere he went to preach the gospel. So now, now Paul has traveled all the way down to Athens. He's in the city of Athens. And we're going to pick it up there, verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them, he left Timothy and um, Silas in Thessalonica. He left them there because that's what they decided. They said, we're going to stay a little while longer. Paul said, I'm going to go into Athens because they're trying to get him out before they kill him. So now Paul is waiting for Silas and Timothy to get there. So while Paul waited for Timothy and Silas at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him. Say stirred up. Apostle Paul got stirred up. What was he stirred up about? The conditions of the city. The spiritual condition of the city. It moved him. It stirred him up so much to the place that he just couldn't sit there. Look, Look, it says, when he saw the city holy, completely given to idolatry. Okay, so we got an issue here. Because, you know, they were known for worshiping any kind of God. If you, if you say a shoe was a God, they start worshiping a shoe. That's just the way they were. That's because the whole city was infiltrated. It was overrun by idolatry. And they worshiped things and statues and all kinds of beasts. That's right back in our nation today, in case you haven't noticed it. Because... I just really heard a person bought a house, not because of their kids, but because of their dog. The dog needed a room. Now, that's worshiping the dog. Anytime you put the dog before your kids. Now, you said that that can't be. Yes, it is. As, as, as crazy as that sounds, but people are worshiping. And there should be a stirring in you. It should bother you with what's happening in our land. We, we shouldn't just dismiss it. Because we're the answer. And if you're the answer, you can't overlook it and act like it's not happening. You've got to do something with that. Because we've been commanded to restore. We are reconcilers. Say, I am a reconciler. So now Paul is waiting for them. He see the whole city given over to idolatry. 
Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market, dealing with them that met with him. So now Paul takes a different position. He begins to, to try to teach them. He begins to begin to minister the gospel right in the midst of that. They're worshiping all kinds of gods anyway, right? So he reasoned and argued with the, the, the Jews in the synagogue and those who worship there and, and all in the marketplace. He says, he says uh, why y'all living like this? Have you ever heard about the real God? Oh. That's where we have to be today. We have to begin to approach people with a real gospel. Let's keep reading. Then certain philosophers, see, a bunch of philosophers, they got a whole lot of uh, ideals. And uh, <laughs> I call because some of the stuff they're saying, it just doesn't make common sense. But people believe it. You know why? Because the world is hungry for a demonstration. And they'll latch on to people that got money and substance, even though they're sending them to hell. Mm. Certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this blabber say? <laughs> they call him a blabbermouth. You know, I might not have been called a blabbermouth, but I've been called a few names for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> they might have said I was a blabbermouth behind my back. I don't know. Don't even care. He seemed to be a setter forth of strange God. Now, listen to them, what they're saying about Apostle Paul. They saying he seemed to be setting forth a strange God. When they worshiping the moon, the grass, the goat, the cow, a bird, the chicken. Stone, but now they're gonna say they're gonna accuse Paul of what they are doing. Look like he getting ready to set forth a strange God because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. You know that the name Jesus and talk about the resurrection always upsets the world. And they took him and brought him unto Arapagus, saying. May we know what this new doctrine, where thou speakest, is. Now, Arapagus is a hill where, and I'll share that with you in just a little bit, but let me stay close to my notes. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears, we would know therefore what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else that they did, nothing else. But either to tell or to hear some new thing. <laughs> Verse 21 sounds like our modern day talk shows. Because <laughs> Arapagos was a hill, but up there it was, it was like an open marketplace is what it was like. But it was kind of up on a hill. But that's where they met and they talked all day long about philosophy this and, and their opinions about that and, and their opinions about that. How are you going to raise your kids? See, that's happening today. That's a modern-day talk show for us. Forever pushing out their opinions that goes against the Bible. And, you know, most people, they'll watch 
a talk show before they listen to teaching. Uh, and y'all got quiet. No need to listen. I'm going I'm to be in your Kool-Aid today, so just go ahead and put a little something, something in it. Put you some cinnamon in there or something. It'd be healthy for you then. Don't put sugar. Put some cinnamon and some ginger. Make it healthy because you're going to have to drink this Kool-Aid today. Because they're forever pushing out their opinions that goes against the word of God as to how we should live, as to how we should dress, how we should drive, what kind of car we should drive, how, what we should eat, how we should marry, how we should raise our children. All the information you want to know about life is spearing from the Arapagus Hill. That's where they went to draw information from. And most Christians don't draw their uh, outline how to live from the word. They draw it from a talk show. That's already corrupt. And you see somebody wear something. Oh, I like that. I'm going to go buy that. They know that. That's why they advertised it. I was watching a documentary yesterday about how they do the grocery stores and stuff and how that they make you that, that comparison number. It's just a number they made up. So that when you see if it said in comparison to $100 and they got, but it's real, they're going to sell it to you for $49.99. Listen to me. Don't go to another outlet store without understanding that what you're buying in there is a cheaper version of the real. It was made for the outlet. That's why they can charge you less money. Because you're not going to go to a real coach store and get a coach bag for $39.99. So, but we listen to the commercials. And we adjust our life to what Aeropagus is saying. Whatever they say. It must be real because a whole lot of people saying it and it's on the internet. So it's got to be the gospel. Ooh. So every topic you can imagine was discussed in this open market because this is all they did. Didn't you just read that? This is all they did. <laughs> they, in, they said they did nothing else but either to tell it or to hear it. So somebody was talking and somebody was listening. So this is where, uh, uh, so you can look at Arapagos also as like the satellite or your YouTube or your cable or your fire stick. Because that's, that's how you plug in. And that's how you draw your news. That's how you get information. The Bible will tell you what's happening. So this is where all the news, the latest gossip was transmitted. All ideas seem to be welcomed. <laughs> so Apostle Paul became stirred up, say stirred up, or righteously indignant with seeing all these people worshiping idols. They had a God of every sort. So he became righteous. See, when the righteousness in you should not be happy knowing people are missing God. 
it should stir you up to say something. Hmm. I'm challenging your walk as a believer because we're too quiet. Just too quiet. Just too quiet. And you're trying to get along. Jesus didn't send you into the world to get along. He sent you in the world to conquer and to bring deliverance. They believed that no matter which God you were worshiping, they would all end up in the same place. Don't you fall for that. That's a lie from the devil. Because that's being promoted. All roads, you know, at the end of your road, they might call it light. At the end of my road, we might call it blossom. At the end of your road, you might say the, uh, they, they have a hiss and fit to say Jesus. But they, you might say your God. That's what they say. Now you believe that one. Okay, now listen. That's like saying that all roads lead to the scope arena. Now, how many of you know that's not true? Do you really know that? Listen, you can't travel on any road and reach the scope arena. If you don't ever get onto St. Paul's Boulevard and Bramerton Avenue, where the scope arena is located, you would never get to the scope. And I don't care how many big buildings you may pass, they are not the scope arena. It is a set place with a set direction. We got to come back to the roots. So <laughs> those big buildings are not the scope arena, right? Wait, 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 listen. The scope arena Guess what it's not going to do? It's not going to get up and move to where you are. <laughs> it's not coming to where you are. Uh-oh. That means you got to get on the right road that leads to the scope. Jesus said, now how many of you going to believe what Jesus said? Jesus said... In John 14, 6 through 12, Jesus said, I am the way. Period. I am the truth. Period. And I am the life. Period. No man said no man. Say it again. One more time. That means no man. That means you. Cousin, Ray Ray, Baby, Shakina, all them people that think they can do everything they want to do and still go to heaven. Jesus said, you can't and you won't. Because all roads don't lead to heaven. Ooh, Jesus. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by or through me. He is the door. <laughs> In other words, if you don't have a working fellowship with Jesus, forget going to heaven. Forget it. And you parents that lie to your kids and make them think they are right, when you know they're not living for Jesus yet, 
you better tell them the gospel. And I don't care if they get mad and hop around like a grasshopper. You need to tell them the truth. Baby, you're not going, you're not going to heaven like that. Jesus said you'll never see the Father without accepting him. First as Savior, and then allow him to become your Lord. Woo, Jesus. Look at John 14. Let's just go there for a minute. John 14. I think that's where I want to go. John 14. Verse. Let's just read verse 6 again. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you had known me, if you know Jesus, if you know Jesus, then you ought to know where the scope is. You ought to know how to get to the scope. Oh. He says, if you really, really know me, then you already know my Father. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. I'm showing you the Father in me. We are supposed to show Jesus in us. And the world should be able to say, because I see you, I already see what Jesus looked like. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, an unexpected answer. Have I been so long time with you and you still don't know me? Have I been around you so long and you still don't know me? All you know is my name and what I can do. Hold up, hold up, but you don't know me. That's the mistake of, a, of this age. People know the name of Jesus, and they know they're supposed to be saved, but they still don't know him. Mm. He says, have you, have you uh, seen me? He that have seen me have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The word that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. He says, there ought to be enough proof in your life that you can tell people, look, if you don't believe me, believe what God has done through me. Say, I need some proof. You wait for proof to show up. The scope not coming to you. You need, you need to write that down and highlight it. Scope not coming to me. To get proof is your assignment. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, hallelujah, the works that I do, shall he do also. 
Let's just get to the also. We, we, we ain't considering the greater works just yet. Let's just get up and do the also. Just start with the also. And let the greater works come as you do the also. Then these shall he do because I go unto my father. Now turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. Let's look at verse 13. So there, there are some things that challenge Apostle Paul everywhere he went. Somebody was always trying to interfere with the message of the gospel. The, the devil always stirred up people. And you got to know that's the assignment of the devil. So don't think you're going to go in an environment and everybody's going to like you. We, we, we got to get away from that. You're not there to make friends with the world. Now, that don't mean you be nasty and rude. That's not what I'm saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. You don't lay down your guard to mingle with the world. We got enough of that going on right now. You don't lay down the gospel. There are just some things I don't go to, and they may not be necessarily wrong for somebody else, but for me. But for me, say for Pastor Diana, it would disturb me because you know why? My, my, my mind is so renewed to certain things. If I be trying to filter that stuff, and yeah, it's not worth the headache, if you know what I mean. By the time you had to go through all the stuff and sift through, and especially when you know people are not ready to hear from you. You, you know, you kind of got to stay away. Because they draw you in kind of like the talk shows. They bring somebody up that they think supposed to be honorable Christian just to make them look like a fool. Because it's to embarrass the church and to diminish the gospel, and to make you question even what you believe. Now, Apostle Paul is teaching a very valuable lesson here in Romans 11. Let's look at verse 13. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of Gentiles, I magnify mine office. He says... I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles. I lay great stress on my ministry and I magnify my office. He had the right to do that. God sent him. He was an apostle and sent the gospel. The Gentiles had not heard the gospel apart from Peter going to Cornelius' house. The Gentiles had not heard the gospel. That was the call of Apostle Paul. And that's why Peter did not go into the Gentile, because God didn't send him there. He sent Apostle Paul. Watch this. For if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some. He says, I'm doing this with the intent of helping to see if I can get my kin folks to accept the gospel. Mm. 
He says, he says, I really want to see my people saved. He said that I might provoke. You are y'all reading verse 14? He says, I hope I can make my own people jealous. That way, maybe I can help some of them get saved. See, some of y'all trying to get your kin folks saved, but you ain't done enough to make them jealous. They ought to be jealous of the way you live. Not because you got just a little bit more flavor than them. No, they ought to be jealous of because of the works you've done. And they're trying to figure out how to, where to get this, how to do that, how to do that. They went over there and prayed for so-and-so, and they got, they got healed. They did this and they did that. See, they ought to be jealous of the good works. Oh, yeah. We don't do enough for nobody to be jealous of. They don't even want to copy us. It sounds like you're hard on me, Pastor Diana. Why are you so hard on me? Because I'm trying to get you up out of this chair. Because the blessing ain't in this room. It's out there in the harvest. That's where you're going to experience your greatest victories. When you lose yourself and make this gospel first. He says, he says, I really desire to provoke my kin folks that I might save some of them. For if the casting away of them, verse 15, be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be? but life from the dead. In other words, he said, he said, now, they were the original branch, and the branch got cast aside because they wouldn't believe and accept the gospel. Now you Gentiles get to come in because of what the Jews didn't receive. Oh, I'm trying to help all of us that were not born natural Jews we got an attitude that we need to put in the trash can. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive, see the Gentile was called a wild olive. This said you didn't have no value, but you were wild. Being a wild olive tree, were grafted in, say grafted in, among them, and with them, say with them, partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So what is he saying? As a Gentile, the only way you got to partake in this is because the Jews rejected it. God might have had another plan to draw us in because he never intended for all mankind to be lost. But we need to dispel a lot of our arrogance because there's a doctrine out there to telling people that we are the new Jews and we replace the Jews. It's called a replacement theory. Don't you fall for that because you are never replaced who God set aside as his own. Mm. You need to pray for the nation of Israel. He says, look at verse 18. Boast not against the branch. Boast not against the branch. Don't come into agreement with people that's coming against the branch. But if thou boast, 
that boasts that bears not the root, but the root thee. Somebody else is at the root, and it ain't you. Excuse my English. It's not you. Thou will say then, the branches were broken off that we might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. So be not high-minded, but reverence. Don't get cocky and arrogant because you're born again, that you don't have to do the same word. Because mm. they were broken off because they disobeyed. Because they, they were broken off because they didn't believe. Unbelief, unbelief. Uh, doubt and unbelief are not the same. Unbelief is when you hear the truth and decide, I don't want it. Doubt is when you just don't know, you're not sure. And you don't know. And if somebody taught you, then you can accept it. Unbelief is, I heard the gospel and I decided I don't want it. You're in a different category. Be careful that you're not rejecting the gospel in your day-to-day -day life. Go back and make this your manuscript, the Bible, as to how you shall live. He says in verse 21, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also, what? Spare not thee. Mm. So there's a possibility that you can miss it. So one save, always save. Doesn't work. I know they're telling you that. Okay, but because you accepted Jesus, now you ain't got to do nothing else. Don't you fall for that. Why would God ask me to do more than he required you? How come I got to live holy and you don't? But we're going to heaven. And we're all in this together. <laughs> it's a lie from the pit of hell because the you're supposed to be developing amen okay let's look at second corinthians second corinthians chapter 10 starting with verse 1 Um, do I want to read this? Now, Apostle Paul is, is, is beseeching the people now. He, in other words, he, he's really urgently, it's an urgency on him to tell the people not to do something. Now, I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am based among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. So let me read that out of another version for those that don't understand it. They think, verse 2 reads like this, they think our motives for what we do are like those of the world. I plan to be very bold against those people when I come. I hope I will not need to use that same boldness with you. <laughs> In other words, he said, <laughs> they're talking against Apostle Paul. He said, but I'm going to be bold towards them when I come. I hope I don't have to use that on you. 
Aha. For though we walk, verse 3, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk after the flesh. Mm. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You cannot use the kind of tactics that the world suggests and win this war. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. You got to come away from that Arapagos hill because it's creating imaginations that war against your soul and keep you straggling when it comes to the word. Mm-hmm. Because you listen to somebody saying, it's all right to drink a little wine. Jesus drank wine. You don't see where Jesus drank wine. He turned the water into wine. And I'm going to talk about that wine in just a little bit. Because I have done research and I've gone to the Holy Ghost. I'm going to help you all with that. Because a lot of Christians are missing it. Because they think it's okay to just drink liquor. Why are there so many scriptures in the Bible telling us not to drink? Strong substance. And yet come back in the New Testament, we can drink it. Everybody can't handle it. Why would God put you in a, a position of being tempted when you just got saved and delivered from alcoholism? See, that doesn't make sense. But when you're living under I'm going to see how much I can do and still stay saved. You're prone to be deceived. And that stuff sounds good, but it ain't good. Oh, I'm getting to mess with somebody because somebody just bought them a bottle and stuck it in the refrigerator. But anywho... <laughs> Be like Pastor Privy, he would say, I don't go into meddling now. <laughs> Let's keep reading. <laughs> but I'm going to bring it to you because as the Lord released me on that, I'm going to bring it to you. And you're going to be surprised the wine they were talking about. Because there's nothing like we suppose it is. Hallelujah. That's all I'm going to say. You get ready because one day I teach it. Don't worry about when. Just know I will. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. How am I going to revenge disobedience when I fulfill my obedience? You can't correct disobedience and keep doing disobedience. Hmm. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts in himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so are we Christ. He says, you must look at the facts before you. If you feel sure you belong to Christ, you must remember that we belong to Christ the same as you do. So it should not be a lot of schisms. It shouldn't be a lot of roads when we all say we belong to Christ. Ah, oh, coming right back to what I was saying. See, we came back there. I know where I'm going. For though I should boast somewhat more of 
our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your destruction, I should not be ashamed. Verse 9, that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by letters. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. They saying, oh, yeah, he, he talked real big in a letter. But when he show up, <laughs> they say his bark is, is louder than his bite. Apostle Paul said, I'm getting ready to help you. <laughs> Let such a one think this, that such as we are in word by letters, when we are absent, such will we be also indeed when we see you face to face. In other words, when I come with all that mess you're talking about me, confront me. See, you Christians don't know how to confront the devil yet. You don't know how to confront people yet because you're too timid. You got to get out of there. Get out of there. He says, I'm going to confront you. Why? Because they're interrupting the development of other people with what they are saying. They're spewing out stuff, and they're trying to turn the minds and the hearts of the people against Apostle Paul. That's the only reason lies get sown in the body of Christ. So you can stop believing in the people that are standing before you, and you can stop believing in God. Mm. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they're measuring themselves by themselves. Remember that comparison price? They're just pulling a number out the sky. It's not really a comparison price. So when you next time you go into TJ Maxx or Marshalls, Home Goods and all, and you see that comparison price, just act like it's not there because the price they got down there is what it costs. So you don't feel like you're going to get a sale. Go in there with money to buy and buy it if you like it. Nothing wrong with that. But don't go in there thinking you're getting a bargain. Because no stores have real sales. Oops. If they charge you a dollar for it, it only costs them 10 cents. That's not a sale. To me, the sale is giving me your price. <laughs> They're not going to do that one, sure. <laughs> he says, but we were not, verse 13, but we were not, oh, I didn't finish 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, they are stupid. Because they're not looking in the word as their gauge. They're going to their Arapagus here and comparing themselves with somebody like them. Mm. But we will not boast of things without our measure. Uh, okay. All right. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let's look at Verse 14, 
He says, now you got to stop comparing yourselves by yourselves to yourself. Why? Because you're opening the door for idolatry. Watch this. I'm getting ready to help you. I'm coming to a closing. Just give me a few more minutes. Apostle Paul is warning them. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee, run, fly away from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge ye what I say. He says, stay away from idolatry. What is idolatry? We hear that word, and I don't really know what it means, Pastor. Explain it. Idolatry is to have extreme admiration, love, or reverence for something or someone as though they are God. Hmm. So according to Exodus 20, verse 3, you can look that up in your own time, and Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 7, idol worship goes beyond the worship of images and statues. But idolatry is a matter of the heart. Idolatry is a matter of the heart. Idolatry is always, say always, connected to pride, self-centeredness, and greed. When you see somebody worshiping something, you can, it's always, these are always in the picture. It challenges God's sovereignty and attempts to offer an alternative explanation for the issues of life. Sounds like religion. They try to give you an alternative answer for the issues of life instead of giving you the word, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. Idolatry is anything more important to you than God. Now that's the bottom line there. Anything that consumes your heart and your imagination more than God and anything that you pursue to get yourself that only God can give. Ooh, Jesus. When you pursue to make yourself prosperous and you're willing to do anything to get it, to have it, just know you, you're an idolatry. Mm. Abraham, who became the father of faith, was called out of idolatry. God couldn't use him in his current state. He had to change Abraham so much that he changed the name. You can find that in Joshua 24, verse 2. Now turn to Habakkuk, chapter 2. See, we got, we, got, we got to get out of idolatry so we can get the blessing operating in our lives because we got a lot of stuff that we put before God. And God is the last thing on the menu. And we give him so little time that you almost forgot how to spell his name. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. When you have it, say, I have it. I want to read this out of another version. I was staying like, starting at verse 1. I will stand like a guard and watch. I will wait to see what the Lord would say to me. I will wait and learn how he answers my questions. So that means I got to be in his presence and waiting. Ah, the Lord answered me. He got an answer. The Lord said, write down what I show you. 
Write it clearly on a sign so that the message will be easy to read. This message is about a special time in the future. This message is about the end, and it will come true. Just be patient and wait for it. That time will come. It will not be late. This message cannot help those who refuse to listen to it. But those who are good will live because they believe it. Oh, look at verse 5. Why I can trick a person? Oh, did, did y'all just read that? Let me read out of King James so maybe y'all understand. Yea, also, because he transgresseth by wine. Mm. Now, why would the Lord put that in there, in that verse, if wine was okay? Okay. In the same way, a strong man's pride can fool him, because wine can fool you. It make you. It make you foolish. It make you respond to situations incorrectly. He said the same way pride will do you. Oh, make you respond because your pride will fool you. But he will not find peace. He is like death. He always wants more and more. And like death, he will never be satisfied. See, because greed, that's the spirit of greed. Are you hearing me? That's the spirit of greed. He always wants more. But it's just like death. And death is never satisfied. He will continue to defeat other nations and to make those people his prisoners. But soon enough, all those people will laugh at him and tell stories about his defeat. That's what's happening. Oh, yeah, he, he imprisoned people and made people think, oh, yeah, this is the way. Gave you a whole lot of emotionalism. And now the people are saying, uh, where my stone? You're not who you said you were. Hmm. Those people are going to laugh at him. Now, see, this hurts the whole body when this happens. Not just one individual. It hurts the whole body. And tell stories about his defeat. People going to, listen, all your mess going to come out one day. It ain't going to stay in the closet long. Because God cleaning the house. So now if, you, if you're a pretend Christian, it's going to come out. And somebody's going to tell on you. You know how y'all do at your house? I'm not there. The Spirit of God is. They will laugh and say, it's too bad that that man who took so many things will not get to keep them. He made himself rich by collecting debts from everybody else. Okay. Strong man, strong man, you have taken money from people. One day they will wake up and realize what is happening, and they will stand against you. That's happening in our nation now. One, one party thought they had you all wrapped up and tied up and tangled up, and now your eyes are becoming open. But now they're trying to infiltrate people to take your place. Then they will take things from you because they'll be the next slave. See, because now you waking up, not just woke, you waking up. And you're understanding that it's never been about what they said it was. It's always been about profit for them. So now they got to have a new group of people to come into our nation. That's good. Now, in fact, they're saying that. You need to go listen to some stuff. You know, a couple of the, the uh, people are saying, the congressmen, the news people, they need them, the, even the illegal immigrants, to pick our vegetables or else they're going to rot in the ground. 
Where y'all been? Y'all been sleeping on the tree? They're not trying to abide you any longer. You have played out your race card. You better get on this Jesus bandwagon and stay on it. I've been trying to tell y'all to stop being so color. Color blinded. It doesn't matter what color you are. You're not important if you can't facilitate. Nobody is. Because it's all about money to them. They're operating under the spirit of greed and pride. They're so prideful they won't ever ask you to forgive them. They'll die first. They're not going to tell you they're sorry. And if they get up there and make it look like they're making an announcement, in the back they already got a plan to steal something else from them. Just like they did, they said, we're going to raise your Social Security check. whoop to do, And then they raise Medicare. Thanks. I don't think I can make groceries on what you gave me, but thanks. See, they're not for you. We stop, we stop depending and putting our life in the hands of the world and come away from that Aeropagus hill and get back to the hill where Jesus gave his life and go back to this Bible and get all of our life arranged according to the word. Mm. He says, you have stolen things from many nations, so they will take much from you. You have killed many people and destroyed lands and cities. Now, we know they've done that. You've killed all the people there. Look at you. Look at your people. You get rich by cheating people, and it hurts your own family. They don't care about family. You build your houses high on the cliffs to protect yourself from danger. You plan shameful things, and that will bring shame to your own family. You have done wrong, and it will cost you your life. The stones of the walls will cry out against you. Even the wooden rafters in your own house will prove that you are wrong. Look at them. They kill people to build their city and do wicked things to make their walled city strong. But the Lord, all-powerful, has decided that a fire will destroy everything that those people work to build. And what is that fire right now? It is the anointing. We're going to destroy with the anointing. The army of God got to rise up and march through the land and take it back. Take it back. Take it back. There should be, you should be stirred up with all the mess that's going on in our land. And across, it's not just in our nation. It's all across the world. Things are happening that I was sharing with somebody that I couldn't even imagine coming up. The stuff that I hear and see today would even happen in my lifetime. It's why you got to drop this idolatry, all that self that you're just thinking about yourself. Just thinking about yourself. Look at verse 16. But they would know the Lord's anger. It would be like a cup. I put cyanide. It's got poison in the scripture. But I put cyanide. You know, cyanide acts so quick. But it interrupts your ability to breathe. But it's so quick. Like boom. No time to pause, think, see law. You just dead. 
he says, when the Lord released that upon them, they would taste his anger. And they will fall to the ground like drunks. Okay, now we can right back to that drinking stuff. Okay. All right, let me go ahead and really get it close. Okay. So now there are four areas that I'm going to share with you this morning. You might want to write these down. Where, where idolatry has kept crept into our lives. Number one is self. Self-obsessed people. Everything is about you. You place yourself above God. After all, you got to look out for yourself since no one else will, right? Wrong. You need to read Matthew 6.33. He's already provided for you. I'm making these short. Number two, security. The needs and pleasures that God has promised to give us, we cast the promise aside and try to make things happen in our own strength. You work yourself to death. Trying to have security. Number three, approval. Now, we were created for fellowship with other people. That's, that's true. It is normal to want to belong. The problem is when we place our desire to be liked or to fit in above our relationship with Jesus. Whenever you are more concerned about what people think of you than what God thinks of you, you have fallen into idolatry. You are worshiping people. You are worshiping the opinions of people because you give them more value than what God thinks of you. And the last one I share with you this morning is relationships. Not in all my years in this planet have I seen people so desperate to be in relationship with somebody. It doesn't seem to matter what they believe or do. Just stay with me. Just let me say I belong to you. I got a scripture for you. It's called Isaiah 4, verse 1. Because this, well, the men bad too, but it reads like this. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man. Now, real men are scarce. I must agree. Real men are scarce. Because you, you don't know if they're flipping or what. When you think you got somebody that's real, then you discover that, well, oh, Lord. But sometimes you don't find out till you've married it. It says, and in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man, saying, we will eat our own bread. I'm a, I'll provide my own food. And they just like the world today. I don't need you to feed me. <laughs> and we will wear our own apparel. I don't need you to buy my clothes. I just want you to be in the house. Only let us be called by thy name to, or to take away our reproach of being unmarried. Because married is a fad. And it's sent from hell. People do anything. just to, And then, you know, some people, they, they're not really, really married. So they're just living together. But they've been together so long, they got people thinking they're married. And then when someone die or something happened, and you see the name in the paper, you say, but I thought that was his wife. 
She was still the wife of the man down the street. Desperate. Whenever you place your fulfillment from others, be it your spouse, friends, or even your children, above your relationship with Jesus, you're going to end up depleted. You will be empty. At the end of everything, you will be empty because you will be chasing something that only God can give. But you're looking for it from through people. So this morning, I encourage you to make sure that your relationships with other people are not drawing you away from God. Check them out. Make sure that these are honorable relationships. And if they're not run, don't, don't be afraid to say, you know, I, I don't hate you, but I just can't be around you. I'll pray for you. This is not a hate issue. It's just that you're so negative, and you won't let me help you. So I can't keep coming in your presence like that. And they might get their little feelings hurt for a moment or two. But when they're ready to change, they're going to find the person that told them the truth. Not the one that was telling them, it's all right, I, you, know, uh, you know, it's all right, the Lord understands. He does not understand sin. He never will agree with it, and we need to stop. Come on, stand to your feet.